man, look at my life, I'm a lot like you were. Good morning, welcome to another edition of Good Vibes of Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason B, and we are going to get this April 7th started out with 2020. We are in the middle of uh, COVID-19 2020, um, so to speak. Um, It's a condition where many people are ill or possibly could get ill. Um, Our current world status is that a lot of things are put on hold. And I wanted to take just a few moments outside of the condition and just take a moment to read something that I found very, very profound this morning. And uh, it's out of the book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And it's just something to give a perspective on in the chaos that's going. So just to give you a little bit of background, uh, Dale Carnegie is a world-renowned author, speaker, passed away quite a few years ago. I'm not sure exactly when, but his books have definitely made a profound book, I mean, profound effect on a lot of people, leadership, speaking, um, so on and so forth. And Um, I just think it's a little bit of an encouragement to uh, read what I'm going to read today. What I'm going to read today out of of the book, it's uh, page 14, 15, and 16. It's called Father Forgets, um, and I believe the original author of that segment was W. Livingston Larned, L-A-R-N-E-D, and this is how it goes, and I'm going to give my commentary after I get done reading. Listen, son. I'm saying this as you sleep, lie asleep, one little paw crumpled under your cheek and the blonde curls sticking wet on your damp forehead. I have stolen into your room alone just a few minutes ago as I sat reading my paper in the library. A stifling wave of remorse swept over me. Guilty, I came to your bedside. There are things I was thinking, son. I had been cross to you. I scolded you as you were dressing for your school because you gave your face merely a dab with a towel. I took to you to task for not cleaning your shoes. I called you out angrily when you threw some of your things on the floor. As breakfast, I found at fault to you. You spilled things. You gulped down your food. You put your elbows on the table. You spread butter too thick on your bread. And as you started off to play, I made for my train. You turned and waved and a hand called, Goodbye, Daddy. And I frowned. And I said in reply, Hold your shoulders back. Then it began all over again in the late afternoon. As I came up to the road and I spied you down on your knees, playing marbles, there were holes in your stockings. I humiliated you before your boyfriends by marching you ahead of me to the house. Stockings were expensive, and if you had to buy them, you would be more careful Imagine that, son from father. Do you remember later when I was reading the 
reading in the library, how you came in timidly with a sort of hurt look in your eyes. When I glanced up over my paper, impatient at the interruption, you hesitated at the door. What is it that you want? I snapped. You said nothing but ran across in one temptuous plunge and threw your arms around my neck and kissed me and your small arms tightened with an affection that God had sent a blooming in your heart, which even neglect could not wither. And then you were gone, pattering up the stairs. Well, son, it was shortly afterwards that my paper slipped from my hands and a terrible sickening fear came over me. What has habit been doing to me? The habit of finding fault, of reprimanding. This was a reward to you for being a boy. It was not that I did not love you. It was that I expected too much of youth. I was measuring you by a yardstick of my own years. And there was so much that was good and fine, true in your character. The little heart of you was a big as a dawn itself over the wide hills. This was shown by your sp spontaneous impulse to rush in and kiss me goodnight. Nothing else mattered tonight, son. I have come to your bedside in the darkness and I have knelt there ashamed. It is feasible, or I mean, excuse me, feeble atonement. I know you would not understand these things if I told them to you during the waking hours. But tomorrow I will be a real daddy. I will chum with you and suffer when you suffer and laugh and when you laugh. And I will bite my tongue when impatient words come. I will keep saying, as if it were a ritual, he is nothing but a boy, a little boy. I'm afraid I have visualized you as a man, yet as I see you now, son, crumpled and weary in your cot, I see that you are still a baby. Yesterday, you were in your mother's arms, your head of your head on her shoulders, and I asked too much. That's the finish of the writing, and it says, I think in a caption, or wait, maybe not. It says, instead of condemning people, let's try to understand them. Let's try to figure out why they do what they do. That's a lot more profitable and intriguing than criticism. It breeds sympathy and tolerance and kindness, and to know all is to forgive all. As Dr. Johnson said, God himself, sir, does not propose to judge man until the end of his days. Why should you and I? And it says, uh, principle, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. I feel like that, I feel like when we read something um, like that, it's really meant for a greater purpose. And 
when these greater purposes come up and you know them inside yourself, um, it's, it's very important to recognize and even sometimes share with people. And I feel like sharing this on, on the airways. And what I got from that, it, it made me crumble inside because as I start this new journey to, uh, to reinvent what I'm going to do or how I'm going to handle things before I even got in the airways, before I even got into this book, I said to myself, I let go what does not belong to me. I forgive those who've trespassed against me. I will not let the constraints or confines of the world and the conditions in which it suffers will be my suffering. I will live in this day purposefully, being effective, taking charge of my personal journey, be giving and not condemning or criticizing. That was kind of like an internal prayer that I just said to myself. I will not be confined to the conditions of the outside world and society. And it was very important for me to say that this morning. Last few days, or I guess I'd have to say the last week, I realized the error of my ways and, and the stresses that I, I've given myself, punished myself. I look back at the years and the way that I live my life and condemning my parents and condemning the way that life should have been. I was stuck to rules and regulations and I just can't live that way anymore. A lot of us are living in that, that illusion. And there's a lot of things that come to mind. There's plenty of things to constantly remind us that when we're before I would say COVID-19, we were all too busy just trying to hustle and survive. And now we have a, a worldwide condition where people are made to stay in place and cannot do the normal things that you did. At this time, when people go back to listen to this podcast, I want you to understand that you cannot go to a barber, you cannot go to the movies, you cannot go sit down at a restaurant. You're not supposed to hug your friends or your family if they're outside of your household. You're not supposed to uh, go out in public unless necessary. Go shopping solo if you can. There's a lot of things that you're just not supposed to do. You can't go to the beach. You can't go to the mountains because they're afraid of what you will spread. And even myself in the last podcast or a few podcasts, my worries about my daughters, especially my 12-year-old. And I was worried about the fear that I was giving and the anxiety and the trouble that I was giving. And today I just kind of felt like you just, you needed to stop, just stop and listen, listen to yourself. And so I read that passage out of that book, The Father Forgets. And I think all of us in the, as parents, there has been more times than we can probably count where we are extremely strict and we have to impose those disciplines on our children. And sometimes we forget what it was like to be a child. And sometimes we weren't even allowed to be a child. There's this unease and in, 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 instruction and structure in that book. 
And kind of like what I got from it, that writing, was I look at the world right now and I look at the condition, I look at what's the influence and the impulses and the associations and all that stuff. And, and what does it all matter? It doesn't matter what, what I think of the politics of today. It doesn't matter what I think of business. It doesn't matter, you know, anything but being present. So lately I've been thinking about not being so strict on my kids and learning and observing from them as they learn and observe from me. Yeah, you got to hold some standards, but uh, you got to kind of take away the interruptions, the distractions, namely our cell phones and our televisions and our computers. There needs to be a time for being present, and there needs to be a time where you're just being people. And I know a lot of people are having struggles with their kids and their their families, and, and they're worried about bills and how am I going to survive and what am I going to do? And I remember a passage out of the Bible. For those of you who believe in, in the Bible or not, I think it's very relevant because it's not a message so much about just religion, but it's a message of, of humanity. And it says, do not worry. I think it's like first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 13. It's a, a part of, um, or I could be wrong, but I just remember what this message said. And it said, do not worry. You know, do you see the birds in the air worry where they will nest? You know, do not worry about what you don't have. Do not worry about your holdings. They're not really yours. So it was really like, when I think about those passages, it really just hits me. And the more recently that I realized, the more I tried to achieve the big house or just be having provisions for my family and having my woman look up to me and that all that stress, the havoc that it just created on my body, on my mind. And as I look, you know, I, I this morning I, I meditated um, for about 10 minutes and it was a guided meditation. And it was just focused on the present tense of, of breathing. And that was very important. So when I read this story, getting back to it and getting more focused, when I was reading it, it was just like you hear the dad just feeling so guilty for being such a such a dick. Not celebrating when his son was celebrating and when his son was being just a boy and just youthful and just loving. He cringed inside. He just he he took it to a position like you know, you're, you're not doing it. If you realize what everything costs, you wouldn't be making such foolish mistakes. But in the end, they're just possessions. They're not meant to last forever if you really think about it. How often do we apply that to ourselves? All the years and disappointments and failures and lessons we learned, we impose upon our, our kids, our family, our friends. Sometimes we're too strict or too, too lucid. You know, and then we feel this internal shame or guilt that we haven't done enough. And then they say, well, tomorrow, and like he kind of said, he's like, well, tomorrow I will laugh with you. I will play with you. 
But how many times has that tomorrow slipped away from you? I think that's something all we can all learn. And what we're going through right now, I mean, businesses are failing and folding. And the one thing that comes to mind is, is like, I'm thinking about like all this money and this, these politics that they're talking and blame doesn't mean shit really doesn't mean a thing. So when I said my prayer this morning, it just was kind of like, I'm free of that right now. Yes. I got to live with the conditions. I do have to pay a rent. I do owe costs. I do. I did borrow against myself to have some things in my possessions and I have debts beyond my measure right now, but that's not important. It's not important because if we can't conduct ourselves as human beings, then the world is telling us, I'm going to make you stop. Even through the human condition, I'm going to make you take a rest. And it's going to be hard for you. And for those who are key and awoke or wakened, you're going to realize that no matter what you do or what you're trying to achieve right now, it's all temporary. And just like the, the virus itself, it's all temporary. And if we don't take advantage of this and don't heed and we're still trying to just fight the streams of life, so to speak, you're either going to, you know, when a stream is flowing, it usually flows in one direction. And if you're trying to think you're better than you're going to paddle upstream, you're just going to slip back and be frustrated. So you got to find the stream of life that you're going to be in. And just like the book, you know, it's easy to criticize someone and complain and, and condemn, you know, like I see, I, I get angry sometimes about what I see, what's going on in the world. Like, why is, why is this leader saying this? He, why is this person saying that these lies? It doesn't matter about your party. It's not going to matter when you're in that bed attached to a ventilator fighting for your life. And whether you live or die, it's not going to matter with your politics. It's not going to matter about your expenses or your bills. Because when you die, it's over. And this illusion that what is owed to us and what we're due, it's, it's crazy. Nobody owes you nothing, really. And even when you borrow against yourself, it's all temporary. And I was looking at my debts and I was looking at what I owe as obligations and I, and I cringe. But like the father, there sometimes isn't a tomorrow. And that child does grow up. He grows up and he's not so soft and they become a little bit more rigid. And then they become programmed and maybe they have what your problem has always been. Maybe you're not wealthy. Maybe you haven't figured out because your parents or your, your generations have programmed you to be poor and in, in spirit, which prevents you to being wealthy in other ways. And those people who figured out that the hardest part is you got to give up what does not belong to you. To, be, to really be free, it starts in the mind. To really be free and not feel that shame like that father felt. 
you're going to have to give up some of the the hard, disappointing, shameful lessons that maybe don't necessarily belong to you. Maybe they were a condition just just for the for a moment. Maybe you know to decide what you don't want to do and what you deserve to do and what you want to do. You know, and when he was talking about like the boy, he didn't realize when he was back then. I mean, this is written like in the 1920s, I believe. Um, boys didn't wear gym socks like we do today. They wore stockings, you know, it's like they wore kind of like capris and stuff. And it was kind of like weird, you know, just even thinking about it. But I mean, you can you can translate in, that into something else. I mean, how many times have your kids gotten dirty and they ripped things and if they just realized how much you spent to buy those clothes. I see kids getting torn up if like they they their parents bought them Jordans like they're $150 or $300 pair of Jordans and they go absolutely bananas if they even get scuffed. Then they can't even play. You know, it's like these these devices, these um these things, these possessions are like your shame. You know, as an adult, you're like confines. You know, you borrowed against that. You worked hard. If you make $15, $30, $70 an hour, it doesn't matter. Every single one of those things is like a leverage against you. You know, are they really a part of your necessity or your vanity that it comes down to? So what I learned from that father was there's no time more important than the present. There's no time, and it doesn't matter what you've learned. If you're not doing with kindness, compassion, and care, you're just as lost as everyone else in the world. And when people are panicking like they were like weeks ago, like and they still are panicking, it wasn't too long ago, I think it was like two weeks ago, that the stores were just emptied. And they still are kind of empty in some respects. Just the other day, I think it was was Saturday or Friday when I went to Costco, and I saw people still shopping like they were hoarding. Like I saw like one lady, she had like 10 cases of water and nine cases of toilet paper. And I'm like, why does one person need that much unless they were shopping for a business? But even then, it's like for what? And then I've seen like memes, like people are making uh, birthday cakes out of, to look like a toilet paper as a joke. But is it really a joke? I think people that when you're listening to this podcast, I think that is, and to my friends, to my family, to my colleagues, I think you want to take a little bit of time, even if you're unemployed and you feel like you have no direction, you do have a direction, you do have a purpose. You can decide whether you can be confined by the conditions of the outside world or you can be defined by the conditions of your inside world. And I think the inside world is much more important because the inside world determines the outside. It determines how we listen and talk to one another, we criticize, complain, or critique anyone. I think you need to have to take some time. And when I say you need, need is like a part of your living, your you know, you have to look at 
your thought process. If you lose your shit or lose control and you spend all your money, what do you have to survive? We need to not only teach, reteach ourselves of how to conserve, you know, effectively. And that doesn't mean like saving a billion dollars. It means, you know, not spending more than what we're worth, not borrowing against what we're more we're worth. And we can stop that today. I've had more credit card offers now than I've ever had. And I'll be honest with you, I have one, just one. And I think to right now, I owe about 600 bucks. But what's in my mind is I'm going to pay that off in six months. And I'm not sure in six months I'm going to have a job. But I'm going to do everything I can to pay against the leverages that I've used against myself because it makes me feel bad. It's important to realize your limitations, but your expectations of yourself sometimes take you beyond your limitations. And sometimes you're, you're meant to challenge your limitations to make you grow. So it's like anything at different ages and different stages, different strokes for different folks. So like the father, you know, he's kind of like counting on tomorrow, but he's like living with that shame inside. He's living with that, that inner condition that he is controlled by finance and provision and you know like how hard it is you know when and especially i think all parents have realized this man or man or woman you there's times where you're just like fuck i don't i don't really know how to do this right now i think that's a personal it's a personal thing you know and when you can't see beyond your condition, it's usually a lot of times it's because of stress. It's because of worry and fear and doubt. You know, will you be able to provide at the end of the day? Will you lose where you live? I'm seeing people being getting ready to be evicted, even though the governor has put an order right now to no evictions are going to take place. People can't work. That's the fact. And yet you see these owners on, on like Facebook and I'm seeing like other attorneys that I know and they're playing, you got to pay your rent, you know, and it's like the man trying to steal the last drops of blood out of your soul. Yeah. You got debtors and you got to negotiate with them, but that takes with effective communication. And so when I read that segment, that last, you know, segment out of the book, you know, where he's like talking about what not to judge and so on and so forth. Let me just read it again. Instead of condemning people, let's try to understand them and let's try to figure out why they do what they do. That's a lot more profitable and intriguing than criticism. And it breeds sympathy and tolerance of kindness. To know all is to forgive all, you know. And God himself, sir, does not propose to judge man until the end of his days. Why should you and I? I, found, I find that to be so impactful. Just the other day, I had, I had some friends who were telling me, you know, I'm going to change my friends list on my Facebook because if you don't go along with the way I think, then you are no longer of value to me. And then as I was noticing, I was noticing certain political environments, they were just, they were ignoring common sense. They would rather accept somebody 
who's going to just tell them because they felt hurt for whatever reason and response is just something to think about people. Anyhow, this is my April 7th. And for the rest of this day, I only wish to share joy, love, empathy, and sympathy. And if you are having a hard time, if you need to hit me up here on anchor.fm or email me at goodvibesjasonb at gmail.com, I think that would be, you know, it'd be great. We all need to talk to one another. If we have to complain, complain effectively. Complain to find the answer, not just to stop and wait for someone to answer. Well, that's all the time I have for today. I hope you all have a great day. And uh, thank you for listening to this segment. This is Good Vibes with Jason B. A Broad Minds and More. I'm your host, Jason B. Have a nice day.